Welcome to Fresh FM, your one-stop shop for everything you need to know about your first year at Queen's. Whether you're fresh from high school and ready to take the big leap into university, or if you're a new coming grad student who has already experienced post-secondary, this podcast will have important information for you. You'll hear interviews with clubs, information on all the different resources for you, and fun banter with our panel of alumni and current students who are all here to help make sure all your questions are answered. All right, everyone, welcome to CFRC 101.9 FM, and you are listening to Frosh FM. And today we are chatting with Sam Heemstra, rector at Queen's University. Welcome, Sam, to Frosh FM today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Dinah. We really appreciate your time. Uh, Before we launch into learning more about what the rector's office does, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're studying here at Queen's University? Yeah, that's great. I um I come from a small town, uh, so Kingston is a big city for me. I come from New Hamburg, Ontario, uh, which is near Kitchener-Waterloo area. Uh-huh. Um, when I am not studying at Queen's, I uh, quite enjoy cooking and gardening, anything I can do to get outside and, well, trying to stop the squirrels from getting my vegetables that I have here in Kingston. Um, but I am currently studying sociology and political studies going into my fourth year. Um, and I've just been involved in some extracurriculars throughout my time at Queen's, uh, from international affairs to model parliament uh, and kind of everywhere in between. Amazing. Thank you very much. And I sure hope that you rescue your crops from the squirrels. We've been also doing battle on our end, too. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your role as rector and maybe, well, for new students coming to campus, what is a rector? Yeah, it's such a strange and old um, kind of traditional role that we have at Queen's. Um, It originates from one of our sister schools in Scotland, the University of Edinburgh, Mm -hmm. um, where the rector was traditionally um, an important figure in society, oftentimes members of a local church. um, And it's kind of been adapted. So when Queen's took on this role, um, it was in 1913 where the the first rector took office. Um, It was designed to represent students to the Board of Trustees and to administration at Queen's. And for a long time, it was just a notable figure or person that the student body voted for um, to represent them to the principal and to the chancellor and to the entire board. Um, And that kind of all started to change um, in 1969 when the first student rector, R. Allen Broadbent, took office. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, it's been a student who's been elected into the position. Um, So there's a variety of different uh, roles and responsibilities that the rector has, um, most of which are involved with the Board of Trustees, um, but they're also a voice for the administration to go to to talk about what students are hearing, um, which also means that I get to talk to a lot of students. So a lot of times it's more of an informal advisory role. Any kind of issues that you're seeing, if you're not sure, you know, where to go, Um, who to talk to. The Office of the Rector has a lot of those connections made already um, and is able to make those connections. One of the former rectors referred to it as a traffic controller where, you know, students come to the rector's office and then get pointed in a bunch of different directions on where they might go from there. 
Um, okay. The rector is really there to help students to kind of navigate the administration um, and really navigate their experience. So if they have any questions or concerns or even ideas that they want to talk to, the entirety of my position is to listen and to, to take action on what students want to see. And now, how does that work in practice? Are you finding that a lot of the work that you do in this role, is this something that uh, you have individual contact with students, or are you generally dealing with uh, the student governments, like the SGPS and the AMS, or various committees? Yeah, so there's a lot of that going on, and a lot of it isn't really formal. There's not a lot of formal structure to the office. It's really dependent on who the rector is at the time and what they kind of want to pursue. So I have lots of connections uh, within the AMS and the SGPS, um, both with their executive teams, then as well uh, with some of the offices that work under them. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I also meet with faculty society presidents, uh, so arts and science, um, congruent education, computer science, engineering. Uh, what we, we have what we call President's Caucus, uh, which is chaired by the AMS president, in which we all meet once a month. Uh, to talk about some of the things that are going on and how we can mutually help each other in our events, uh, in our projects, and in our general kind of maintenance. Mm -hmm. So there is a little bit of that um, behind the scenes. Um, something that's interesting and a little bit new to this summer is a lot of the COVID-19 pandemic work um, and restructuring how we view our university experience and ensuring that, you know, first years are still having as great as an experience as I would have had in my first year, even though we may be remote. Um, so a lot of those committees are ongoing, uh, operated by the provost's office as well as the principal's office. Um, so I sit on those as well. Mm -hmm. um, but to your, to your point about communicating with students, it's, it has been difficult because um, just by nature of the office, it's kind of isolating in that it's just, just me, just me in the office. There's, uh, I had someone refer to my marketing team at one point and I said, that's me too. Um, <laughs> so, you know, having those conversations is difficult. So a lot of what I you know, hear from students is kind of navigating it on my own, but also listening to both the AMS and the SGPS um, on what their roles are, what they're hearing, um, but always encouraging students to reach out. You know, I've had chats about technology accessibility, about tuition, big kind of topics that have been coming up on campus that um, deserve to be heard and articulated to administration. Um, so it's not really as much as of an office hour kind of situation as some of my predecessors may have had, but hopefully virtual office hours come September when, you know, everyone's schedules are formalized so that everyone has an opportunity to come and talk to me, even if it's not in person. Indeed. And you also have classes too, to manage at the same time. Are you doing a full course load this year? I will not be doing a full course load. No. So at the recommendation of Alex De Silva, who was the rector before me, um, who in her first semester as rector tried to take five full courses um, and did not have as great of a time with that. I've decided to only be going for three courses um, this semester and the position is two years long. So I have a little bit more working room to take a little bit less courses, spend some more time um, in the role. Indeed. Well, good. <laughs> good to hear. We want to make sure that you're also taking care of yourself, too. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah. So uh, what interested you initially in becoming rector and running for election? And had you been involved in governance before? That's a good question. Um, governance has always kind of been in and around some of the work that I've been doing. Um, last year, prior to even thinking and deciding of running, you know, I helped the AMS executive team um, as one of my close personal friends was on the team. 
so helping them kind of organize their cam campaign, talk about what students are looking for, boothing for them, you know, having those conversations, and then afterwards seeing them go to work in the summer immediately and then taking all of their actions throughout the year um, to support students and to make the student experience better was very inspirational um, mm -hmm. to see, you know, students taking those roles. I think we have such a unique, you know, time here at Queen's to take those leadership roles. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where a lot of my intrigue came. And then last summer, um, I was very fortunate to intern uh, for our local member of parliament, Mark Garrison. So um, being a student in his office last summer kind of opened my mind to, you know, how governance works, how community interactions take place, stakeholders, kind of all these big buzzwords I'm throwing out. But in <laughs> general, you know, it kind of made me realize that there really is um, a place for students within the administration. And I want to make sure that it's as open as possible for everyone. Because mm -hmm. not a lot of people know that you know, you can email the principal and talk to him about your concerns. And if, you know, if that's not the avenue you want to take, you can talk to me and I can talk to him. Or, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there who are working very hard for students um, that don't always get those conversations with them. So anything I can do to, you know, increase the, the office's capacity is what I'm hoping to do. Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of different background there that went into that decision. I don't think the decision actually happened um, until uh, November, December of the, the couple months before the election was to take place. Indeed. Okay. So tell us about some of the new initiatives uh, from your office that you are really excited about this year. Yeah. Oh, I could go on for hours on this section. Um, basically, one of the things that I saw an issue with uh, in the past couple of years in my work with student clubs and organizations uh, was the, the lack of human resource um, resources and needs in general that weren't being met um, by the AMS and by the SGPS that kind of needed a mediator to come in. So this summer we started um, this what we call the Student Human Resources Committee, mm -hmm. uh, which is chaired by myself and the director of clubs under the AMS. Um, and so what we've done is essentially gathered a bunch of student leaders and interested parties across campus this summer um, who want to talk about issues they're seeing within clubs. So we have eight different subcommittees under there with a bunch of different topics, basically exploring what possibilities are out there. So looking at other university structures to see, you know, what other governments are doing to support their students, what other kind of policy is there. Um, and we, we almost refer to it as a stepladder policy. So one of our subcommittees um, is sexual violence prevention and response. And so the university has an SVPR policy that needs to be followed but we don't really have that step up for students to access that policy um, and to make sure that they're using it appropriately within their club spaces. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of having those conversations, I think the rector is in a unique position to be that mediator between administration and student leaders to say, what kind of extra support can the university be giving you? What should the AMS be doing and kind of unpacking that? And that's something that's going to be going throughout the fall semester and that we're hopefully going to be advertising a lot more um, come the fall, just because, we want to hear from students on their experiences and with clubs and what kind of resources they would have liked to talk about. Um, and it's not just SVPR and policy specific. We're also talking about environmental initiatives and sustainability, um, conflict resolution and mediation between students, because that's very difficult, you know, working with other students, being a leader, but also being a peer at the same time, mm -hmm. um, as well as mental health um, resources and ensuring, you know, that 
people like myself and other student leaders are taking care of themselves first, taking the care of their schooling first, and then, you know, taking those next steps to extracurriculars so we don't have anyone getting lost in that. Um, so that's one very exciting thing. Um, and uh, I guess to add on to that, there's a, a lot of new appointments that are happening in the next uh, couple of months and into the year. Okay. Um, Queen's is currently looking for a new chancellor. So the selection committee is being formed as we speak. Um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, having some conversations about, you know, what Jim Leach has done in his term as chancellor, um, what kind of attributes and skills um, and perspectives we're looking for from our new chancellor. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of still mind boggling to me that that's something that I get to work on. Um, but it's something that, you know, all students are going to get to meet the chancellor at convocation um, when they uh, confer the degrees. And so that kind of stuff is happening. And then as well as that is the new dean of the Smith School of Business. Um, so we currently have an interim dean right now, mm -hmm. uh, but they're currently looking for people to join uh, that uh, advisory committee to hire a new dean. So we're really starting to change some of the structural things at Queen's, which is also kind of exciting. Indeed. So I like how you mentioned uh, before that there are uh, various subcommittees uh, that you are also a part of or, or working on. Uh, can you tell us about some of the volunteer opportunities with the rector's office that new and returning students may become involved with? Yeah, that's such a great point. And I should also mention, you know, that you don't really need a wealth of experience to have your voice or opinion heard because you know, the Office of the Rector is there for all students and anyone who is willing to contribute their ideas or thoughts are, you know, more than welcome to get in touch with me. So, um, you know, there aren't traditionally a lot of volunteer opportunities within the office, but that's something that, you know, I'm actively looking to change. Mm -hmm. um, I've been having conversations with career services um, at Queen's talking about, you know, hiring a student in the office. So actually, you know, being able to compensate a part-time student to kind of learn a bit more about the role um, and to also, you know, aid in marketing and outreach so that all as many students as possible are uh, in contact with the office as can be. Um, so that's something that's exciting and that kind of hiring portal and form will be released in the next couple of weeks for students to, to look at and to apply to. Um, but other than that, there aren't a lot of traditional volunteer opportunities other than what students are looking to make. So if there is, you know, I've had students even this summer come forward with projects and ideas that they're working on on their own. Um, and seeing how my office can help promote that. So it's not as much giving opportunities for volunteering as much as it is boosting the current and um, the optimistic students that we have under us who are looking to do on extra things. So I okay. guess that's a, that's a public call for anyone with any <laughs> ideas or, or things they want to share. Amazing. Now, uh, to that end, how and why should students at Queen's reach out to your office? That's great. Um, there are a bunch of different ways you can reach out. Social media is probably the one that most students are going to be interested in. So um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, Queen's Rector will get you to those pages. Um, also email is uh, something that students are a little wary about, but my email is rector at queensu.ca uh, and I respond uh, within usually a week or so of student concerns if you have anything that you'd like to bring forward. Um, we're also working on updating the Rector website throughout this term, um, so you can visit us there, which is uh, www.queensu.ca slash rector. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I, I listed here some, some things that you could bring forward to my office and why you might want to, 
But honestly, a lot of the situations and issues and problems and ideas that students have are, it gets to the point where they're not sure where to go. And that's kind of where they can reach out and kind of contact me because I'm not always the best person to answer your questions. Uh, but I often am able to find the people who can answer your questions. Um, so in the past, lots of issues about housing, uh, about residents and dining, any of those kind of issues have a place that you can go to to talk about them. But if you're ever unsure, you can always reach out, um, even if it's a simple one kind of question thing, or if it's more of a detailed, complicated issue, um, anything is is more than fair to bring bring to me. Well, that's fantastic and very useful for new and returning students to know. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's incredible. Um, I've been working on a bunch of ongoing other things that I didn't get to chat about, but you know, I'm excited to to keep sharing those throughout the semester. I don't need to to overload anyone right now. <laughs> and we can find out updates too on the, uh, soon you're going to be doing some stuff with your website, but you have social media as well, right? Absolutely. Okay, so um, yes, find the rector and get all the updates on some great new initiatives as well uh, via Facebook and Twitter and I assume Instagram too? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, thank you very much, Sam Heemstra, Rector at Queen's University, for joining us here on Frosh FM today. We really do appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Frosh FM. You can find us on all your podcasting apps, so make sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all future episodes. Have a question for us? Find us on Instagram at frosh underscore FM, where you can comment or DM us and we'll make sure to answer all your questions on one of our upcoming episodes. Are you new at Queen's and want to produce a segment for Frosh FM all about your first year experience? Interested in developing your own podcast? Do you just want to explore CFRC's impressive music library? Reach out to programs at CFRC to get in on our next volunteer training session. Frosh FM is hosted by CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario, located at Queen's University, which is situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The podcast network at CFRC, hosted at podcast.cfrc.ca, is brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.